I will introduce myself first. So I am Gretchen, and I am a professional in higher ed, and I work in technology, and I have two daughters who are 11 and 7, and I have always wanted to do a podcast, so this is my opportunity to have a podcast with my friend. Kelly. I'm Kelly. I am a nursing faculty. I'm a nurse. I have two sons, and I'm really excited about this podcast because I love talking especially about interesting topics. So this podcast came up as an idea because we end up dominating book club with our conversations and we are very similar, but also very different because I would identify myself as an atheist who is very left-wing, super liberal, um, not a communist, but almost a communist. No, not really. (laughs) But I'm a very liberal, uh, scientific, evidence-based human and... Kelly would identify as a Christian. I would say I'm a conservative liberal. What's a conservative liberal? It's like someone who toes the line between a right wing conservative and a left wing liberal. Okay, so isn't that a moderate? Oh, I'm a moderate. Oh, okay. I didn't know I had a, t- a term. Yes, yeah, so maybe maybe Kelly's more of a moderate than she realizes. <laughs> but so and so we thought we would talk about different things like current events and other topics under the lens of how we view it based on our religion or lack of religion and all that. So for this introductory podcast, we're going to talk about how, what religion has been in our life and what it has. So because I'm an atheist, I still have a religion story and that growing up, we didn't really go to church. We had a church in our town and we would go to Sunday school. I'm pretty convinced it was an excuse for my parents to get us out of the house regularly one day a week. And we would go to Sunday school and we would color pictures. And the woman who ran it was named Annie and she was very sweet. And she would give us uh, circus peanuts candy. And I still hate those. And we just did sort of, it was almost like a preschool kind of a setup at the church and I never really felt like it had much to do with Jesus but I guess we talked about him colored pictures of him and lambs I remember that a lot and my mom had us baptized when we were t- like when I was almost 10 because her mom was really sick and her mom said that if we weren't baptized she was going to do it Archie Bunker style so do you know what that is no. it was an old TV show and apparently he baptized the kids himself in the kitchen sink or something so she had us baptized but it was really sort of like Okay. And my dad never had religion. His parents didn't have religion. His dad was a um, scientist and very much believed in, you know, celebrating science and biology and nature and all of that. And so my dad's thing was he didn't want to spend Sundays in some guy's house when he could spend it in actual God's country Mm. and be outside and be fishing or swimming or boating or hunting or being out in the woods and enjoying nature. So our he would identify as agnostic. And when I said I was an atheist, he was like disappointed that I wasn't at least agnostic almost. And maybe I am a little bit agnostic. So, but the general idea is that if you're a good person and there isn't a God, well then great, you've been a good person on earth. And if you're a good person and there is a God, I figure we figure we'll get credit for the good work we've done and be allowed into the kingdom of heaven if such a thing exists. But there are so many people who are terrible people under the premise of, well, I'm Christian, so I'm going to go to heaven, but I'm going to do all these horrible things to you while I'm here. That's where we, that's where we don't want to be. Yeah. So what's your experience? And you're not one of those terrible people. No. Christians. No. I hope not. I hope not. <laughs> so do you, what religion were you raised? 
Um, the church in town is a congregational church. I think that's just where you congregate. Yeah. Like, there was no... I would sometimes go, like, if I had a sleepover, I had a friend who was Catholic, and sometimes I would go to the Catholic church, and it was super confusing, because mm-hmm. they were just, like, the holy water, and the crackers, and the standing up, and the sitting yeah. down, and the... Like, I was just... You know, it was the price you paid to have a sleepover with a friend. Yeah. So, I was raised Baptist, and we went to church on Sunday, but I actually, despite what... People, you know, I, I consider myself religious, but I would also, I would, I guess a better definition would be spiritual or I definitely believe in God, but I am angry at religion, the institution of religion. Okay. Because, um, I, like I said, my family is Baptist and we, I would say I, I do identify with exactly what you're describing as evil religious people <laughs> because they <laughs> Some of them are in my own family. Mm-hmm. And so I had a lot of anger at the church growing up because my mom was pregnant with me at 15 and she was going to a Christian high school and her siblings had also had teen pregnancies and they'd been kicked out of school. And at a really young age, I remember thinking that was such hypocr- hypocrisy from the church saying, well, have you ever seen the pen? No. My best friend had her son when she was a teenager, and she wore a pin that said Mary was a teen mother. And it oh. showed, like, the Virgin Mary. Because in all the historical records, they do say that she was a teen mother. So, Yeah, so I just, <laughs> I feel like religion, and I don't have a lot of experience with many types of religion, which is also, I think, a whole, could be a whole other discussion of of how you're basically born into the religion your parents choose to practice, but you're not... We don't have a good system for educating about all different types of religion, especially since religion and God and that whole topic is banished from public education. So, so anyway, I felt there's a lot of hypocrisy in the church. Um, and the other concern I had is this is a funny example, but so my mom and her brothers were kicked out of school, but we had a person in our church who owned a store for sex toys but that person (laughs) was beloved like it really confused me and then also our pastor had an affair yeah so well did you see so here's a current event did you see this thing about the pennsylvania senator who is uh, just is very actively pro-life in his politics but all these texts were just revealed he's having an affair with a younger woman and they thought she was pregnant and his advice was for her to terminate the pregnancy so the best yeah. comment I saw was on Twitter which was pro-life in the streets pro-choice in the sheets Ooh. and so he's actually like he's actually has announced now that this will be his last term and he will not seek re-election he's resigning because it turns out that oh. you know so, so that one that just came up in the last day or two yeah, Tim so Murphy. these kind of stories enrage me. It's just like they, I'm sure, enrage an atheist or what'd you say, agnostic? Agnostic. Yeah, I, I don't relate with that, and I, and I, it's sad how much it happens because I think the church should be a place of more of a community, and it should be your personal relationship with God. And I think there's way too much rule following and judging and judgment within the church and. Everyone's a sinner, right? Where no one's perfect, however you want to look at it, even from a religious perspective or from just a layperson's perspective. You know, we are yeah. all, we all make mistakes. And when the, the church or the institution of religion tries to rank 
choices, I have a big problem with that or rank sin. Like, oh, if you if you love a man, that's horrible and we aren't going right. to support you, but we're going to rip cigarettes on the street. Like, we're going to yeah. we're going to have affairs on our wives. And those same people are the people who take issue with homosexuality or women who have abortions, which I just, I definitely have issue with all those things, but I still feel like my personal relationship with God is strong. Right. And they, when you talk about, I'm always convinced that the more, and this is my cynical side, that the more vocal a religious person is in their opposition to something, the more they are actually secretly doing it and hoping they aren't going to get caught. So there was a, like there was a minister out in Colorado who had one of those giant mega churches and super anti-LGB everything. And of course, then it comes out that he is totally, you know, cruising gay bars to hook up. But then when it finally got revealed, oh, no, I'm reformed now. But it's like, okay, but you went out and tried to make other people miserable forever. Right. And it's like your own, and it's like your own thing that you're making other people miserable because you can't be your true self or whatever. Yeah, it's like a projection. Or yeah, I, I completely agree with you. People who are so overt in your face, almost extremists, mm-hmm. I worry about. Yeah, them. I do. Yeah, I can. I'm concerned about the what's behind it. Mm-hmm. And the, and I and past history shows that there is evidence to be concerned, even in Bangor, with a very prominent pastor who turned out had his own skeletons in the closet and and, you know but one of the most revered people until they found out that it wasn't we shouldn't maybe be revering him so yeah it's very it's an interesting it's an interesting topic and especially in the way the country is going right now i think it's an interesting topic and Mm -hmm. the um at the u.n nikki haley who was the u.n ambassador for the u.s just voted in line with saudi arabia and um I'm going to mess it up now. Maybe Iraq to say that it that the UN should not have a ban on the death penalty for gay people, meaning other other countries will can say, "Oh, you're gay, that's a crime punishable by death." Like not mm-hmm. you were a gay serial murderer, but you were just gay, mm-hmm. yeah, we should kill you. And the US has just voted to say, "Yeah, that's that we should still allow that. We shouldn't have to we shouldn't ban that process," which is really kind of blowing my mind. Today. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, I have, you know, I have a lot of homosexual family members who I love dearly. And I've, you know, I was raised growing up seeing them, even some of my cousin who is homosexual. I'm not surprised by it at all. I saw it, it was yeah. so clearly the <laughs> yeah. way. And I just don't understand how we can be so hateful to groups when we have heterosexual marriage. Just look at the marriage success rate right now. The divorce rate is like 51% right now for first-time marriages for heterosexual mm-hmm. couples. I mean, we're not doing a great job at life either, right? Right. If this is supposed to be the way to go. Um, so, I, I don't know. Those, those sort of... I don't like to identify with being a moderate Christian because I were, I don't... I, I definitely am pro-gay um, marriage, homosexual right. marriage. And I'm also pro-choice, you know, and I'm not, it's not because I'm a baby killer, but it's because we have fundamental problems with feminine, feminine rights and access to contraception and education in our country. And we have rape and incest and sex trafficking, and we have 
single moms who get pregnant and don't have the resources to care for their kids. And then we have that same group of people who's anti um, abortion. They also want to cut services for the very same group of people who need yes. services to care for children. So I get enraged about the pro-life, pro-choice debate as well. And that probably comes from your, from your, from your um, career and your education as a nurse and a scholar. Yeah. Yes. And that's sort of the evidence-based thing. Like the Colorado, um, Colorado offered IUDs as birth control and their teen birth rate like plummeted. And now there's a move to take away that program. Yeah. Which will only increase the need for abortion. So like the first step to preventing abortion is to prevent pregnancy. Exactly. And abstinence only is not it's, the way it, to do it. It's, be- it's evidence that it does, abstinence only is dangerous and doesn't work. And even in states where they've banned abortion, abortion rates have climbed people will have an abortion if they want to have an abortion it would just be unsafe or they'll go to another place to have one it's not making abortion illegal is not going to end abortion right and all of these people who put their energy into this what they should be doing is putting their energy into creating resources and support like similar to the godparent home Mm -hmm. in bangor which is um run from my church that i go to and i'm very proud of it because they have a home they take in women who are pregnant in crisis who otherwise may choose an abortion they feed them they give them clothes they give them they help them find health care they um, teach them about you know personal relationships and how to you know heal they go to church I mean not that the church is like the I'm stumbling up on my words here but Ultimately, they, they're completely wrapping their arms around these women for their whole pregnancy so for the, and then for 12 months afterward. Yeah, which is great. So are the women required to go to church or are they required to, you know, be baptized or is it only for, for people who are of that religion? So, no, actually, a lot of the women that they take in are atheists when they come in. But one of their house rules is that you do have to attend church. But they don't force them to say, you know, mm-hmm. get saved or get baptized or whatever. But they do. That is a house rule. Mm-hmm. And I've been over there and talked to some of the women, some of the women who have come in and they did. They've come in atheist and they've really felt transformed in the experience because in my mind, this is what the church should be doing is caring for people and helping them when they're at their lowest moments and providing that family that maybe the people don't have instead of shaming them and making them feel bad about the fact that they got pregnant. So what would happen now if there were, what do you think would happen now if there was a teen pregnancy in that church school? I honestly, I don't know enough about the current school, but I do believe based on my experience at the church that that it would be a lot different. I don't think anyone would be kicked out of school for getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. So wondering yeah. if that if that attitude has changed. I don't I, the pastor at our church is really, he's done quite a few um, sermons on the rules and how we can't get so caught up in the rules and forget about the relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I really do think he's much more progressive, I, I guess is a better term. <laughs> um, you know, he's still pro-life and not in support of homosexual marriage, but I don't feel as though a homosexual person would be banned from the church or kicked out. Although that's kind of a 
Well, they probably wouldn't, and they probably wouldn't be drawn. Yeah, they'd yeah. be drawn to the church. To exactly. The um the like when I so when I think about churches and stuff like that, the only church that I could really ever see myself actually going to would be the Unitarian Universalists because what I've heard about from them and and I don't know how it is here because I've never been, but from other places that it's very much a you don't have to believe in anything that you don't ha- you can believe in everything. It's just more of a community of people and so a community of relatively liberal-minded people who have that community experience. They also have really great um, children's sex education programs. Are you aware of that? No. Oh, yeah. Like, award-winning. Wow. Like, they have a a sex education program that starts in, like, the preschool years, like a developmentally appropriate curriculum that goes through that is, like, really famous, which I think is amazing. So Hmm. maybe they have less incidents of teen pregnancy and abortion because they do teach about sex from an early age without it being a taboo subject that kind of thing anyway it's called uh it's the acronym is owl i have a, a friend who lives in virginia that was writing about it i forget our whole do we have one around here a uu church yeah yeah oh it's the so the church here is down on it's right past the mexican restaurant three past pepinos which has excellent fish tacos. It's up on that hill. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, I do. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I don't condone, uh, I don't want, ki- I don't want teenagers going, I'm not promoting, like, everyone go have sex, get an IUD and have at it. But they're going to. Yeah, but they are going to. That, I completely agree with that. I mean, we can't pretend like it's not going to happen. Yeah. You know? Exactly. So, I, I, I strongly believe in um, sex education from a very young age, like you're saying, developmentally sound sex education. And it makes me very upset to know that schools in our area don't, do not want to touch on it or provide they, contraception. Like, so, so my older daughter's in middle school and she has yep. still not had like a video. Do they not do that at all anymore? I don't know what they're, they must have some legal requirement to do something small, but it's not, it's insignificant. They're not allowed to hand out any kind of contraception or deal with it in this, in the high school. Really? At least in the local one. I mean, it's, if you're it's, in high school and you live in this yes. town, I will hook you up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the Healthy People 2020 goals specifically focus on STDs alone. And we do a terrible job. Actually, I was one of my friends who was at another meeting I was at was just telling me and it was a different school district. It was not ours. But she was saying how she's like, boy, once you help one girl pick up her chlamydia meds without telling her mom, all of a sudden you're the go to person. And so there was apparently a rash of chlamydia at a nearby high school. And the the girl was very embarrassed and want her mom to know. But she trusted this neighbor or friend. I don't really know the relationship. And so. And this friend was like, yep, absolutely. Went, picked up the medication, filled the bag with condoms, put a bow on it and left it in the passenger seat of the girl's car so that she could go get it and said, you need to tell your boyfriend. You need to tell your friends. Like this is, and then apparently other girls had it and the pharmacist began to know who she was because she'd be, be like, yeah, I'm picking up some medication for Kelly Strout. Not that you were one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but well, she was picking up, but because that was the safe person. Oh, well, they I'm didn't not dare surprised. tell their mom. They're the local um, clinic, there's a local clinic, and I was talking with the nurses there, and they say they see a spike in um, STD visits at the start of every academic year. And I think the general public would be shocked at how many STD, what the prevalence of STDs are in our community. Well, I was like, chlamydia? Like, yeah. chlamydia sounds like such like a, like a 70s 
you know, it's I just chlamydia is alive and well. <laughs> it's alive and well. And just like, you know, the, for, with STDs, it, chlamydia really in the grand scheme of things isn't that big, bad. Right. But if you get, you know, herpes or genital warts, that's... HPV. That's, that's forever. That's for life, you know, yeah. and that's what you have to tell your partner, the person you marry. And to think that we're doing a horrific job yeah. educating educating kids about the risks of STD. Because I actually, maybe because I'm a, teen, I'm a product of a teen mom, I actually think the psychological impact of an STD could be even worse than a, than yeah. a, pregnant, than a pregnancy, than yeah. an accidental pregnancy. Or we have birth control to pre- protect from pregnancies. You know, but a lot of, we don't do a good education on protecting from STDs. Well, then there's that whole myth of, you know, oh, in this, in this particular school district, I'm sure it was like, oh, they drive a nice car, they're really clean, they have right. all the best clothes. How could they ever have it? Well, because it doesn't matter because we're all just walking organisms that are host to other organisms. Absolutely. And bacterias and viruses and everything is all over you. It doesn't matter what the clothes are or the car you're getting into or the size of the house you're going home to. Right. You're still just a walking germ factory. Yeah, STDs don't discriminate so socioeconomic class. No. So. And actually, I had read that it's um, like elderly people yeah there's a huge spike in i think i read it was something like 25 or 30 percent prevalence yeah in older adults i'd have to double check on the stat but yeah yes absolutely <laughs> and then that talk about a, a population that we do not address or consider that to be an issue at all well our parents don't have sex. they don't have sex no, right exactly of course exactly. they don't right I'm like more I'm like more accepting of my my Teacher, daughter eventually daughter. having sex than I am of my parents ever having it. They never ever. had sex. No. They didn't. No, they didn't. It was it was kind of a miracle thing, like like a religion thing that they managed to have us without having sex. It's yeah, great. yeah. That's where they sent us to Sunday school every Sunday for an hour. So I'm did sure. they go to Sunday school? No. I mean, did they go to church? No. So they shipped you and didn't go themselves. I think to have sex. Oh my gosh. I mean, kind of, maybe I should look into that and be like, oh, girls, you're going to go to Sunday school. We're going to teach you about all religions. We're going to drop you off at the UU church. You're going to learn about sex and, you know, Buddha and Ganesh and the Catholics and the Jews and everything. You're going to learn it. You're going to be gone for an hour and a half and then we will come and pick you up. So maybe I should do that. Yeah. Well, the the Sunday school that Cameron goes to is, is fantastic. I believe it teaches him to be a better person. Like last week, they learned about respect. And he was telling me about what it means to respect other people. And, <laughs> you know, I think... I, I do understand people's concerns, though, with the institution of religion. Because I personally am angry at the institution of religion. I get mad about it every day, especially, like we said, with the political landscape. I feel like it's hypocrisy. Every day, I see hypocrisy. There is no way. So Donald Trump is, you know... Yeah. Raving Perfect against... Perfect example. He's raging against abortion and all this stuff and there is no way I will that there he does not have a trail of abortions that he has paid for in his wake there's no way well and, and just, even like apparently there was a whole thing when like Tiffany Trump like when his girlfriend at the time who was Marla Maples got pregnant he's like what are we gonna do about it and she was like well duh we're, I'm gonna have the baby because I just managed to get impregnated by Donald Trump and so what are we gonna do about it is not like yay it's how much do you need to take care of this little problem, make it go away? And she didn't. So she chose to have the baby, which is a choice. But well, I mean, just the just the comparison of Trump to Obama <laughs> among moderate Christians, that's enough to make me go mad. Because 
They hated Obama. I don't even understand. I'm sorry. Because okay. he was black. Okay, so he was black. Or so he was pro-choice. That maybe that could be part of it. And he was pro-gay marriage. But in terms of to the core, I'm sorry. If God were standing in front of us today, I do not believe he would say Obama is an atheist devil. I mean, Obama is probably the most Christian, yeah. you know, Bible-promoting, good, great role model that we've ever had. I mean, in my you know, short time on earth with presidents. And then we've got Donald Trump. Who's on his who's third Who's literally wife. said on public that you can grab women's pussies. But we have Christ- moderate Christians supporting him. And we'll make excuses for it. Yes! Yeah. I mean, that is a perfect example of what, I, what, what enrages me. Yeah. It, it totally enrages me. For definitely. And I'm sure Trump has many other more... Many other oh, we could comments. We could just go on and on and on and on. So now we can switch to our favorite things. Okay. So do you have a favorite thing? I have a lot of favorite things. Okay. So this is going to be the part where each week we just, just kind of, this is not, we are not sponsored because we're sitting in Kelly's living room or anything like that. But if you want us to give us money or stuff, then that's fine too. Yeah. But so, <laughs> so, I'll, so I'll start because my favorite thing um, lately that I want other people to know about is the Tile app. So do you know what the Tile app is? No, I never heard of it. The Tile app is an app and it's on your phone, but it connects to a Tile, which is this little, tiny little chip thing that has a loop on it and you can put it on your keys or you can put it in your wallet or you can put it... I've seen people who tie them to like their pets like and just things you don't want to lose. I am so bad at keeping track of my keys. Oh, me too. That it would be a thing that every day, every day, like... I used it this morning, but every day I'd be like, Dave, where are my keys? Have you seen my keys? I can't find my keys. And he'd be like, look on the counter, look in your pocket, look on the floor. Like they just, Dave is very methodical. He always has his keys in the front right pocket of his pants, always. And he always has a spare set on a hook by the door. Like it's never an issue. But with me, they are everywhere. They are, it is a nightmare. And so when the Tile app came out, it was a Kickstarter project and I funded it. And like, so like a year later, they actually came in the mail. <laughs> How much did you pay? Um, I think like for my first one, it was like 50 bucks for four of them, something like that. And they last for about a year. And so it clips to my keys. And if I, and here, I can actually do it here because I don't know where my keys are. I use them this morning because I couldn't find my keys when I was taking my daughter to school. So I pull up this app and it will say, oh, my keys are nearby. Oh my gosh. And it chirps and you can hear it all the way across town. And then I can go pick them up and find my keys. So today they were in the bottom of my bag. And I don't know why they're in my bag. I think they fell off a shelf into my bag. So I have those and use it all the time. And my parents just, this is like a thread I had on Facebook. My parents just got a car with the push button start and the fob. So you don't need to actually put a key in. And on the first day, my dad lost his fob. It had been in his pocket and then he couldn't find it. And they had to tear the car apart and they found it. Like it had slipped out of his pocket in between the seats and under the seat. And he finally found it. So... They went, I told them to buy tiles. And they were like, oh, well, that's kind of, now they're, it's like four for 60 or $70 now. And they're like, that's kind of expensive. I'm like, you just bought a brand new car. Right. It costs $400 to replace a fob. Like spend the 20 bucks. Right. To put the tile on. So that is my favorite thing is the tileapp.com. And it, if you are a bad at keys or losing, misplacing your wallet, I wish I could do it with like sunglasses, but it would look a little nerdy. But if you're always misplacing stuff, then I would recommend the tile app. They should figure out a way to make them smaller. They are. They're small. They're. I'll, I'll show it to you. Like, it's only like 
It's not oh. big at all. It's tiny. And if I press the button on that, it will also ring my phone. So if I lose my phone, but I have my keys, I can find my phone by pressing the button on on the keys. And you can find your phone anyway from your iWatch. Yes, but if I've lost Which my watch. Which I actually love that feature, yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what is, so what do you have for a favorite thing? So my favorite thing is, so every Sunday I make this grocery menu for the whole, I mean a food menu for the whole week. And I always try to do new recipes and plan out snacks, like the whole deal. And it takes forever. And then I have to, I was handwriting a list and looking up the ingredients and it was so time consuming. It probably took me three hours. I'm not, I don't, I'm not even exaggerating, but I found this app. Well, it's not even an app, but you can get it on your phone. Um, plan to eat. It's awesome. So you can download all your recipes into it and then you just, then it gives you a a calendar and you just drag the recipes onto the day. You can easily adjust the recipe. Like if you want to make double it or, or reduce it. And then it generates a grocery list for you based out of your recipes And then you can just log on to it on your phone. And while you're at the grocery store shopping, say you have eggs on the list. You click eggs and the eggs will just disappear. So your list, you know, it's a way to cross off the list. It has saved my life. And what's really cool about it is if your friends have it, you can share um, menus. So if I sign up, I can can just say, Kelly, just send me all your menus. And then my meal planning is done. Done. Exactly. <laughs> That's like the one thing that I am so bad at and why I'm liking this box service because I, I don't even mind cooking. I don't mind cutting. Yeah. I don't mind doing any of that. It's literally the... Planning. The mental load. This is going to be another topic for another time. The planning and thinking and planning it out that I just... It is a mental block and I can't do it. All right. So that puts us at exactly 30 minutes. Nice. All right. So okay. we'll say goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.